With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for Gigpod is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code GIGPOD at manscaped.com. Out of control. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to another Premiership Year segment from Glasgow is Green aka Gigpod. I'm Stevie and this was quite an eventful month. Five wins out of six including two 4-0 wins in the road. Everything's all good yeah? Actually no. The defeat away to Ross County left us 18 points behind with eight games to go in the league and it would be the final nail in the coffin for one Neil Francis Lennon. Unfortunately it was far too late in any case, but with me to discuss this, as well as general going-ons in the UK in February 2021, is one-time GigPod host and very good pal of mine, Lee Hutchison. Lee, thank you for coming on, brother. No, thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed this series. Excellent, I'm glad. And then, you know, the download numbers have been class as well. I mean, I've got to say, Lee, I'm very surprised you came on, being a big Spurs fan and everything. <laughs> I know Celtic are your second team, but I'm glad that you went right out of the way to uh, appease me. Well, I'm glad that we're not covering March for Tottenham. Like they, like as bad as Celtic season was, at least they didn't lose to a team where their manager was in jail at the time in Europe. So, like that is the biggest embarrassment of the lot. But somehow Celtic, you know, as bad as it was, didn't uh, top that. <laughs> no, and it actually started pretty well for Celtic because after that terrible submitting defeat and you know the, the reaction was poisonous Neil Lennon said he was looking for a reaction a bit like myself and when I'm in group chats with yourself Lee but Neil Lennon did get the reaction he wanted as Celtic eased some of the mountain pressure on him by thrashing Kilmarnock who were without a manager at the time um, because Alex Dyer had left and they couldn't get anyone else in uh, Tommy Reich ended up coming in a few weeks later I believe but, you know, the 10-in-a-row dream was pretty much all but over. But Scott Brown came back in the team, 
got us off to a good start with a header with two Edward goals and then a late a Yeti finish sealed the points. Neil Lennon said if we play like that, it will take a good team to stop us, but uh, it didn't turn out to be that way. A good team didn't stop us in the end. It was a mediocre team that did, but this was the first of five wins, and did you manage to see this game, Lee? Yeah, I think it, it's interesting when you kind of look at the results where we talk about it really positively, like they went and won all these kind of games before the Ross County one, but like you kind of look at them and they were so guilt-edged. Like Even like you look at the Kamarnik and um, St. Mirren game, their kind of late goals kind of add a bit of a, a flurry to it. And even like, you know, the, the Motherwell game, Celtic were, were pretty poor in that one after going 2-0 up and we're lucky to even win it. It's one of these things like, I remember being slightly stunned looking at these results back thinking like February was really bad. It, like it finally ended Neil Lennon's reign. But like to see only one win, it was one of those things like going back and watching some of the games, um, sort of the highlights, you were surprised about how close it was and how, papered over the cracks even the the thumpings were seeing this after 10 minutes Kilmarnock couldn't string a pass together and I remember watching Kilmarnock at Celtic Park when we beat them 2-0 in December the game that Shane Duffy scored a cracking header and I remember saying I think Kilmarnock are in border here but watching this Kilmarnock team amazingly enough you'd have thought their performance they were way down at the bottom right but no they were five points clear of Hamilton Ackies at the time Hamilton were on 19 points Ross County were on 20 Motherwell were on 22 points, Kilmarnock were on 24, so they had played two games more than Motherwell and Hamilton, but that Kilmarnock team should, I mean, at that point, they should have still been relatively safe, but this performance from them, I mean, it was, it wasn't rock bottom, rock bottom was when it went down, but it really was awful, um, they had, they created next to nothing, and do you know how bad it was, Lee, do you know who the man of the match was in this game? If, I, if I'm correct, it was John Joe Kenny. Jonathan Joseph Kenny, yes. So that, I mean, one of Celtic's worst ever signings, one of the most mediocre right-backs I've seen. Man of the match, that sums that one up, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you kind of look back and even the playing of sort of John Joe Kenny, like, you, we've kind of spoke about it before. Like, the season was a write-off as early as kind of November and I think everyone was banging the drums of like, and, and I know you in particular, were like, you've got to start preparing for next season. Even if you're playing Anthony Ralston, at like right back, at least to make it someone that is going to be there come the Champions League qualifier time. And, you know, th- that prediction has proven true about how kind of little reinforcements have come and how underprepared we are and, and kind of potentially set to fail for the Champions League. I, I hope we hope we do succeed, but it's, it's not looking good and it feels like they dodged all the things that they should have been doing in February, preparing for the future. When you, you think of John Joe Kenny as man of the match, they're just making an Everton on loan right back the man of the match as opposed to what, what can we do with this dead rubber season to at least make next season potentially salvageable. Moving on, Lee, talking about a few days later then when we played on a Saturday, the 7th of February, played against Motherwell, another game where we took the lead in two minutes. Stephen Welsh bulleted home a header. And then when Edward made it 2-0, you thought plain sailing, game's done. And then Alan Campbell scored this goal where it looked over Scott Bain, but Scott Bain was practically on his line. And then for the next 20 minutes, Celtic did what they did all that season. They looked so nervous. They looked like terrified at any time Motherwell walking through and goal against them. And this was, again, a Motherwell side who, at that point, six points off the drop, but they looked shocking up until they scored. And then they just started putting all this pressure on us. And it turns out that they could have got a late goal. But Laxalt cleared one off the line and they would have been well and truly deserving it as well. But Celtic, after that goal, they, they conceded. They just looked really flustered and 
again, it was just the mental deficiencies in that team was just playing for all to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the fitness levels as well. As much as a, you had kind of had a couple games in the month where they were able to kind of add on a few extra goals at the end to make it look flattering, 2-2 wouldn't have been wrong. I mean, I think Lennon called it and said it would have been an injustice if it had uh, they'd made it a 2-2 draw and stuff and like that. But yeah, you, you shouldn't be kind of hanging on to, for dear life against Motherwell, especially that Motherwell team as well. You know, it's, as much as you can put that goal down as a fluke to get them back into the game, Motherwell were kind of well earning of a kind of draw. It was, yeah, and kind of the fitness levels which dogged the club through the whole kind of season were, were laid bare there. And in this case, they were lucky to get away with it. Yeah, I remember Neil Lennon said that he thought Celtic were superb for long periods. And I thought first half hour we played decent football, but it was just decent. It wasn't superb. You know, superb is like the Brendan Rodgers era, the Hapoel Beersheva game, where we just swarmed them. We were 3 0 up at half time. That was a superb Celtic display. And then the way they reacted after that, after the conceding two goals. I mean, I would say that was superb, but no, that wasn't a 2-0 uh, flat performance against Burdabo and he's hitting out with stuff like that. And I'm hoping that the new manager identifies things like that as not being good enough for a team like Celtic. Not arrogantly, it's just the reality. You know, you want to be seeing continued improvement. I wasn't seeing any continued improvement watching that that Neil Lennon team. Um, if anything, I was just seeing us going backwards all the time and he's saying stuff like they were superb and I get it. Managers have to say things in public and he knows the players are listening and, and all that. And yeah, you've got to be a wee bit diplomatic, shall we say. But at the same time as well, Neil Lennon was just, it was constant papering over the cracks, wasn't it? And speaking of which, when we talked about the next one, which I, I'm still mystified as to how it ended up 4-0 in this game. Lee, you said it was a late flurry of goals before we talked on this podcast. And that's what got us through it. It was like three goals in five minutes that really flattered us with a scoreline 4-0 against St Mirren what do you remember for that one no it wasn't a game I, I was able to watch live I think it was another one of those kind of behind pay-per-view games but um yeah it was a bit ridiculous where like sometimes you think of like a 4-0 victory against St Mirren as like that Celtic being the mark of champions like soaking up the pressure blitzing late on getting rid of the sort of the Diddy team as it were but that wasn't the case here it was again you were like it was just so deceptive, these kind of results. And, you know, it, it gave Lennon license to come out with these kind of comments like, oh, it's, outs- you know, we've, we've been outstanding. When the, the reality was things like this should be expected to kind of go and win games like that. And, um, you know, the only surprise was they didn't blow it with like a, a set piece or some poor finishing in the, the final third. To be fair, Ryan Christie's goal was a cracker. Took it really, really well. Really tight angle uh, and managed to squeeze it home. It was a cracking goal. I'm not going to, I mean, Ryan Christie infuriated a lot of people last season, but it was certainly one of the most impressive goals of the campaign. Um, and taking a wee break from talking about the miserable journey of Celtic in 2021, Lee, especially in February, when it comes to what dominated the UK, it was COVID-19, of course, and we were still in a lockdown at the time. However, the UK's R rate fell to between 0.7 and 0.9, which was its lowest level since July 2020. However, the pubs were still shut. But Lee, talking about yourself here personally, I know that you identify with myself as being somebody who was, you know, mentally shattered during the lockdowns and everything. How is it now compared to what it was back in February for yourself? Well, it's light and day, to be honest. Um, as you know, the highlights of February was I made a brief return to a popular dating app Hinge and the new Wolf Alice <laughs> song came out, which were, you know, both kind of have their positives and so on. So yeah, it was always good to get a new Wolf Alice song. But yeah, it's one of those things you kind of look back to February and 
with everything being shut from pubs to cinemas, restaurants, etc. It was just a grim existence, really, especially in a dark winter like that. I remembered really just struggling up until up until that week where we had like the snow. Like it felt like it renewed the country a little bit. Just it felt nice to walk down the same old streets, but have like a bit of snow kicking around. It was I was really easily impressed um, in February when the snow came along. So that was a, a small blessing. But yeah, I you know it's it's much better now that you have options and choices. You know, I, I think until there's that return to the office and the the normal kind of working environment, I think it will be be still a bit awkward. I mean, it's it's weird even think I'm off to London next Saturday, and I'm usually you'd be thinking right it's in the bag i'm off there but you have it in the back of your mind like what happens if you get that nhs tweet that you've got to isolate and you know we, we see it with a lot of folk in and around our age at the moment where they are being hit unfortunately with the, the delta variant or isolation etc so you know even things you're looking forward to you've got it hanging over your head that a text message could change things around quite quickly have you been in the tottenham stadium before yeah i've been to a, a couple of games including the infamous uh bayern munich 7-2 game yeah I'm right in saying that uh, you were were in the same group chat as myself at the time and you were saying something about there's like a a cheese place or something in the stadium. Is that getting made or is it still not done? It was a myth. Um, It was was a work. It was a work. You could probably get cheese in like the like executive suites and so on, but no, there is not. Like I think they make their own bread though in the stadium and it's got its own brewery, but the cheese room was a complete myth. Right, and before I move on to talking about Celtic, because I'm actually enjoying this part where I don't need to talk about Celtic because <laughs> it has made me so miserable. But what's the bevy like when you're at the stadium? What kind of beer is it you get? Um, I've I've never had the, the drink there, um, but they do have that impressive and much hype, like they're a club in crisis, but you have this thing where like you put down, like they've got like the plastic pint glass and there's like a little like, um, it's almost like a poker chip at the bottom that you press down and then the beer comes up from the top which is meant to increase um, well decrease waiting times as well so very very revolutionary I think it's quite popular in like American sports and so on so you can get a bevy quite quickly there but probably at an extortionate rate and I think they usually charge the booze is cheaper like a couple of hours before the game start so to encourage people to come along early and eat and drink in the, the stadium as opposed to going and supporting their, their local pub so um, yeah I, I don't I've not had a, a pint there I've had some drinks before it but never had a drink in the stadium yet okay well hopefully one day that can happen at Celtic Park especially if we ever do resign Jonathan Joseph Kenny for some fucking reason we'll, we'll definitely be reading a bevy at Celtic Park moving on then and talking about the next game at Perth this is a team now Lee you know my fury and my apathy even if you will against St Johnston used to call them the most pointless team in the league, couldn't understand why they were even there in existence, but had a renewed respect for them, and certainly the way they ended the season, um, completely 180'd on them. I said an almighty fair play to them, because Johnson really were the one of the form teams in the country, That's the way they conducted themselves all season as well, they were excellent, and when we played them on Valentine's Day, I've got to say, I was surprised we won that. And it was only real individual brilliance by Odds and Edward that got us out of jail because they were well worth the win. They made it really difficult for us. It was a horrible pitch at it as well. But Sean Rooney made it 1-0. Good header. Um, and then after that, I felt as if that was it for us. I didn't think we were going to come back. But even though guys like Edward, for a season like last season that he had, it was below par for him, and it wasn't at the high standards he's used to. And yet, 
that was the only difference between the two teams because St. Johnson and Celtic were pretty well matched. I mean, we had been dragged down to that level, but that's not, again, being cheeky to St. Johnson. It's just the way they um, they were set up against us. But when you've got a player like Edward, who's just capable of getting you out the hole with amazing individual brilliance, like his two finishes, that is the only difference between the sides there. And you can't really say that St. Johnston... <laughs> It was a harsh one on them, yeah, but you can't really say that, you know, St. Johnston didn't deserve something out of the game either. It's one of those things that's so it's interesting thinking about the Celtic St. Johnston results from, from last year. Like St. Johnston had the season of their life, while Celtic were very much a season from hell. But Celtic always managed to seem to beat St. Johnston, this like form team that had no problems getting last minute goals at um Ibrox or kind of getting victories in the cup. But Celtic managed to have a bit of a, a hoodoo over them, even sort of in the final games of the split. it's baffling kind of looking back and you kind of think of it as well where again another result where a couple of quick goals just papers over the cracks just that you know how long it if they hadn't got that quick second goal St. John's probably would have held on for the draw but you know they they get flurried by just as you say a couple of moments of individual brilliance it's not a, a great team result or a great team performance it's just like they get out of jail with with a couple of moments of class from um someone like Edward yeah and you know, St. Johnston in the eight weeks building up to that game, the only games they actually lost was against us and Rangers. So it says a lot about us, them as well and how much they improved, Lee. Yeah, you've just got to give credit to them. I mean, the same as you, I wanted them as a team relegated for a couple of years. Um, and, you know, the, the change around from, from Tommy Wright's era is completely just, you know, amazing, really. And to, to achieve what they did last season, you just have to, you know, top your hat to them. I was, it was just to win both Cups, to go on that kind of run and to have some of the adventures that they did, it was it was very much fair play. I guess, Lee, we don't really need to talk about the two 1-0 wins over Aberdeen. Aberdeen did what they usually do. They jobbed against us and we beat them twice at Celtic Park in two very flat and uninspiring games. Both terrible. In the first one, David Tumble scored an early goal to make it 1-0. stayed that way. The next game against them, which would be John Kennedy's first game, Odson Edwards scored a deflected effort. Two wins in Glasgow against Aberdeen, whose record against us at Celtic Park and their record in Glasgow in general is pitiful. However, the real big one in between that was Ross County. When they moved out of the Premiership relegation place after their second one over us this season, pretty much all but ended our title hopes. Now, again, I'm saying that as if it was was ever on after that defeat against St Mirren. In fact, even less than that, you could probably say that any of the January results actually did it in for us. They won the game against Hibs at home or even that one against Livingston away. Take your pick. But this was the game that Neil Lennon would end up being forced out of the club eventually after three or four days of speculation. Jordan White, 71st minute header, uh, gave Ross County the three points. And just want to ask you, Lee, what was like your general feeling after that one? Did you think that was going to be the end of it? Or did you think Neil Lennon would still actually survive and get his game against Rangers or something just to maybe try and prove that he had something left? It was one of those ones. I remember the, the sort of feeling you had at times like, there was that moment of like the pressure just kind of came off. You're like, surely that's it now. Like I've, I've said it many a time since I think it was like the the 3-3 game against Aberdeen that like, oh, he surely won't hang on this week. Like that's got to be him away now. Like he's out of the cup now. Okay, like he'll get the Scottish Cup. 
he's against the Scottish Cup and then there's still disastrous results. There's the Dubai debacle and they hold on. And you just keep thinking like, surely that's way. But there was just something in the air after that Ross County game. And, you know, Lennon himself, I refused, you know, the whole talk was, I think the tweet came out, what was it like back at seven in the morning a couple of days later? Um, I refused to believe that he resigned like it, it like they said. I think it, it was to show face. I mean, just like our days before that Ross County game, he was like, the season wasn't there. This like unmitigating disaster that everyone everyone makes out to be which is total bollocks um it was just a disastrous season the scottish cup which shouldn't have even counted as this kind of season you know i'm not saying that the scottish cup shouldn't have taken place but it you know you don't count that as part of the season's success it was just a, a joke the guy was was absolutely deluded so when he was kind of sacked it was like and even after it was like, was just like that's surely it now and we can my hope was that we would then do what we should have been doing for months and plan for the future, get players prepared that will be at the club for the next season for the Champions League qualifiers, which are so important to the the club and its uh, ambitions. Our defeat pretty much left Rangers seven points from winning the title. And not only that, it was a game that Neil Lennon, for once, actually did apologise to the fans for. He did say he let the fans down, but it wasn't just in that game he let the fans down. He let the fans down way back in August, and he didn't get an apology there. He was just chucking players under the bus. Same against Rangers in October. The Aberdeen 3-3 draw that you always going about is the real significant one of the season. The Hibs away one, and then Ross County knocking us out of the cup, and then the draw by St Johnston. It was always just constant... Ah, but the players this and that and there was never an apology there and it was just he was desperately at that point just trying to salvage any of his reputation and goodwill with the fans I think but when you look back on it all that game itself Laxalt who's meant to be a left back he gives away the foul at right back with John Joe Kenny and that, then for another set piece Lee the ball comes in Jordan White scores we're nowhere never learning from anything putting herself in stupid situations and making it worse for herself every time. Yeah, it's one of those things like and you look at it with with it's been spoken about that the club has gone back so far since Rogers. I mean, there was just you look at Lennon and it's all about you get the feeling it's all about instinct with him and just putting the best players on the park. Like you think of a lot of the players like you talked about um what they were kind of doing at St. Johnston, you knew what they were playing under kind of Callum Davidson. But like Neil Lennon, it was always like chopping and changing. It was like, you know, it was never like sticking to a plan and kind of seeing it through. It was like 3-5-2 one week and then 4-4-2. It was just all over the place and not in a way that was all it was about progression or bringing the best out of the team. It was just like, okay, that didn't work that week. Let's try this. But all the same failings were still kind of happening with these amount of set-piece goals that were being let away. And for a team that has as much height in the back, uh, the central defence of Celtic, I mean, that, that was criminal. Indeed. Neil Lennon away. Now, we've covered this one as I said, Lee, you know, we've done it with Rizzo, we did a reaction pod to that, and we don't want to make this all about talking about Neil Lennon. It's been turgid enough with this series and bad memories. However, we do want to talk about the fact that there was a Brazilian variant of COVID-19 detected in the UK, remember that? Three in England, three in Scotland in February 2021, and the borders stayed open despite all this. Lee, me and you were two of the people protesting about this nonsense and when you look back on all that it was just crazy wasn't it yeah it's, it's one of those things like i've lost track of all the different variants i like i completely forgot today that we had a christmas shutdown because of the what was it the oh the kent it, variant the, the kent variant yeah it was like, ryan kent 
Yeah, um, like you had this Kent variant that just shut down like all Christmas and it's just every so often it just pops up. I think we've got to the point now where you see it with like um, Nicola Sturgeon where it's like, it's we're just, we're going back to normal regardless. You know, like I think the, there's going to be huge arguments about football attendances over the next few weeks and so on. But it seems to be the attitude of like, get things open now as just wear a mask, you know, where we're very much kind of almost falling in line with what they're they're doing in England once again for better or worse. Yeah, and we've already talked about how you felt in this one, Flea, but if we can very quickly get a wee bit of a laugh and talk about how Spurs did. You know, Spurs lost 1-0 to Chelsea. You lost that entertaining 5-4 game in the FA Cup to Everton and also against Wolfsburg. You did manage to progress in the Europa League. You beat them 4-1 away and you beat them 4-0 at home. So it wasn't all bad. You are more a Tottenham fan than a Celtic fan, so we have to admit that. But what was it like following the club? You see me hurting watching Celtic on the TV and on the laptop and everything and getting riled. But what were your emotions like with that Spurs team who seemed to be all right one week and then the next just a disaster? They, they were very much in the Celtic mode of repeating mistakes. Like you, it's They were very much like that England result the other day of like score early and you're like, right, here we go, up and running. And then like sometime between like the 67th minute and the 80th minute, there will be an equaliser or like a punishment goal or sucker punch. And it's the same, the manager all the time. Well, it's the players, they don't have this, they don't do that. And it was one of those ones you were just like, the same thing keeps happening over and over again. And yeah, it just drove you absolutely mad. And I, I did think up almost until that second leg, like, well, they could turn it around in the Europa League, you know, that, you know, Mourinho, you know, he's good enough in that. But to lose to, a, as I say, a manager that is in jail for the second leg, it was just hysterical. Like, you just have to look back and go, that was absolute madness. And like, the club deserves to be beaten by a stick with something like that. And, you know, even Celtic's kind of managerial hunt in the summer seemed to echo Spurs as one. Like, you thought it was all going to be this, and then it's a complete role reversal. It's just... It's they've been a mad season for watching both clubs, and they, they, you know they made, they really made an arse of it after you know relatively positive starts domestically. And what do you think about Harry Kane's future? Is he going to be away? No, no. With three years on his deal, like I, I was thinking like the other day, like you have a hundred million, which is an insane amount of money. But that was what Eden Hazard was like on for like his last season of his deal to go to Real Madrid. Um, it's not a buyer's market at the moment. I think maybe next year he'll be more likely to go away, but I don't think this year that Daniel Levy will allow that to happen. Like, where will you spend the money? Where will you get a striker at this stage? It's it would just be too much of a shambolic season. I think he'll, he think he's he'll be upset for a little while, but he'll he'll get on with it. Okay, that's enough Harry Kane chat right now. <laughs> that's as much as I can stomach. Lee uh, and very briefly as well, where can the audience find you? Because you actually do another podcast. Tell them all about it. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lee Hutchison underscore, and I do two podcasts, uh, Filibus, which is a general film and geek culture one, and uh, the A24 Project, which interviews people and uh, that were involved in A24 films from Ghost Story to, to Ladybird. So there you have it, another Premiership Years podcast recorded and right in your ears. I'm Stevie at GigPod, and thanks very much to Lee for joining me. Thank you very much, Stevie. Next month, it's March 2021. It was the month that we celebrated the birthday of a power-mad tyrant whose opinions are best ignored. I am not referring to Chairman G, but rather myself, and we'll talk about me getting older and other stuff with Ryan McGinley of The Selic, The Thunder, very soon.
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.